It's time for the Dan Fogler 4D Experience Podcast. lady tonight. Chappity chap chip chew. Flippity flam blam boo. It's very exciting. One or two. Say what? Kids. One or two. I give two. I just had my second. When? Three months ago. Wow. So sorry, if you wouldn't mind uh, pulling your mic closer to you. Yeah, of course. It is not a small thing. Oh, God, dude. No, Wow. Thank you for coming out during this time of. This is, it's like, it's, it's intense. You getting sleep? Uh, yeah, I'm getting. We're getting sleep. We're everybody's a little sick. I'm okay. Oh. Uh, everybody's a little sick right now. Yeah, that's what happens. Just like the germs and the yeah, sickness. Families are gross. How old's the other one? Uh, she's two and a half. Oh, okay. And she had. So I, she's a lunatic. She's a lunatic. A total maniac. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. she. Uh, good. She's my best friend, but she's got me in a chokehold. Oh. Um. Really? She likes beating you up. Basically, yeah. I'm I'm a I'm yeah. a big uh, pushover with her. Yeah. So yeah, my daughter likes to. How can I push and hurt daddy? Yeah, she just you know that's basically it. But she means well. She's the sweetest thing on earth. She's amazing, and she can be amazingly sweet. Right. But she just likes to beat the fuck out of me. <laughs> I mean, really, she beats the fuck out of me. This is the uh, 40 experience. I'm Dan Fogler, and we have a very special guest, one of my favorite actors, uh, uh, David Crumholtz. Hey, how's it going? Thanks, man. Dude. Thanks for having me. Dude, it's my absolute fucking pleasure oh, to have you man. on this boy <laughs> fucking man. show. It's uh, cool to have you, dude. It's, uh, uh, it's cool to be so here. So your kid beats you up? Yeah, my kid beats the shit out of me. Um, so, like, So I do this thing with my daughter where I try to test my reflexes. She's four, mm. and we do a karate thing mm. where... <laughs> Like, she'll start just throwing kicks and hands at me, chopping at me. And I try to see how many I can block. She's like a hummingbird speed. Wow. You know, and uh, and and then I, I try to block and do like a, a Jeet Kune Do thing where I block and like tickle. Block and tickle. Yeah. She fucking loves that shit. I bet. Yeah. That good. makes it fun. I fight her too. <laughs> but you're like, get off! Uh, it's mostly, yeah, that. It's wow. mostly just get off of me. You know. <laughs> she starts to hurt you. Well, the thing is, is that she doesn't know her strength, and she doesn't understand that she can cause pain yet. I think that's what it is. Well, she also probably thinks you're invulnerable and invulnerable, and I'm constantly telling her, "You are hurting me. You are hurting. Me. You know? <laughs> you're hurting that." And it doesn't seem to matter to her. Okay. It doesn't sink in because she doesn't understand that she could do that because she means well. Right. It's like love bites. She thinks you're gonna live but forever. In, it's like a little, you know, puppy nipping at you in a way, but the puppy is a human, yeah. and is uh, is doing it out of love, but has no sense of how strong they are. I mean, she steps on my face. She'll she. I let her. With like no I let work. her do it, but you know, like she'll wake me up in the morning, mm-hmm. and she will basically stand up on my shoulders. <laughs> and by the way, the whole time I'm protesting. But I don't push you, her off. Oh, get the hell I just off let her do it. Right. She'll stand up on my shoulders and kind of do like a. It would be like a butt slam. Oh, like she so does she, a butt slam on oh, my head. Fuck, dude. Oh yeah. This is while I'm lying down, mind you. Wow. So she stands. So she gets on out my, of her. She gets out of her bed and she like. She. That's how she wakes me up sometimes. And <laughs> I, I, I've told her to wow. stop. I just. Part of me loves it. It's hilarious, but oh, it hurts. Oh, yeah. If you're not and expecting she sh- it? I shouldn't let her. I should stop her, you know? Oh, yeah. 
but it's kind of fun to and let you her do laugh, that and once. she's like, "You like it's it?" It's just because it's unbelievable. There, there's there's a human being jumping on my head. It's funny, you know. It's a yeah. little child. We have the kids trained, you know. Well, <laughs> the four year old is, you know, she has to. We have like a guard up on the bed, and you know, she's there, and she doesn't get out of the bed even with the nightlight. Right. Like we're just like, in, in, unless she's like, "Mommy," and then mommy comes in, and she's like, "I have to pee," and then just like, "Okay," and then you know. Right. Then she gets out and she walks over and. Well, that's the thing. Like by you know, yeah. by, I guess they just keep they start sleeping less. Like, oh yeah, that's kind of crazy. They start like, to become their brain function like grows and they start to become aware of right. circadian rhythm and sunrise and especially yeah. if you got another kid, they're yeah. just so sensitive to them waking up. They are. And they just she just team up on you. You're total. She just figured it out. I think she just like figured out like, oh, I don't have to go to sleep. Yeah. You guys when they up. want me to go to sleep. I'm, I'm awake, I'm awake. Right. There's a difference between a sleep and you can't put me to sleep. Yeah. Um, so she's starting to fight against that a little bit. So three months old, so your heart so you are getting sleep or you're not getting sleep? Well he's uh I, I we're getting sleep. I get yeah, we we get sleep, man. Is she, he's is good. the kid he, in the room with you? He'll go seven hours straight, seven he, and a half. He's out of the straight. room. After the first month he's out of the room and he's in his own room. No, he's we're he's in the room. Yeah. He's still in the room with you he's guys. He's in the room. Right, right, right. Right. He's in my wife's room. <clears throat> oh. Yeah. I see. That's just, you know what, man? You have like it's a Jack Nicholson. Best. You have a Nicholson thing going on? <laughs> yeah, I, I have several wives separate in several rooms. rooms. Yeah. Separate rooms. You no, are the um, sultan of... Uh, we don't sleep in the... We, we don't sleep in the same Jersey. Bed. You don't sleep in the same house? Bed. Really? House would be You're old better, school. frankly. Uh, yeah. Do you guys sit by the piano and... Well, no, we don't sleep in the same room. It's not like we sleep in two separate beds in the same room. We don't... You're like, Wednesdays, we She fuck. has her room, and I have I have my room. It's the best. I'm telling you, it's the best thing for a marriage. Is I'm telling you. I mean, it sounds great, dude. I get... I just... You get great sleep? I get great sleep, especially a marriage under pressure, the pressure of kids. Absence you, makes the heart grow fonder? You're tired as fuck. And, and it's like, dude, let me just sleep. Let me have one... This is like, like House of Cards. Because I'll see you in the morning, but I don't want to deal with you in the middle of the night and, like... You move, you kick, I don't like, you know, it's like, it's enough. I want my own space. I need my own space at some point. That is kind of brilliant, too. So I sleep. I use my private space to sleep, basically. Right. And I'm never in the bedroom other than, you know, sleeping in it. Um, <laughs> and I sleep in it a lot. I take naps, too. Yeah, that's good for you. But, um, yeah, I have my own room and she has her own room. You're an exhausted parent. I am. You do whatever the hell you want. Dude, I'm 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 a, I'm the symbol of exhaustion. It's I think I think I'm the symbol of exhaustion in maybe like the world. Like the world sees me as the. I like think I'm seen. Your face it, is a hieroglyph. For I think people. I come up, and that's yeah. how I affect people. You know, subconsciously, they go, "Wow, that guy looks exhausted." And they want to help you, or they, or you just like a magic power you have. Well, they relate to it. They relate to it. But do you have an aura that it start, when you get into the aura, people start to like, they start to get yeah, tired? Yeah, I have the Eeyore. Oh. Um, Are you the Eeyore in the crew? Yeah. Oh, I guess it'll get I'm, fixed sometime. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. I'm that guy. Really? Basically. Well, a lot of people like Eeyore. No. You know what? I'm also manic and quite, uh, be honest with you, if we were talking about me as much as we, we are at this point. So, <clears throat> I mean, hey, man, you're here. Yeah, I know, but it's weird. Like, you know. Is it weird to talk about, about you? Yeah. No, well, but... here's the way I see it, is that you are an actor 
that I was introduced to uh, from Slums of Beverly Hills. Yeah. Okay. That's my, that's my favorite. Thing. Is it? Yeah. And you it's are great. you are fantastic great. in the movie. Uh, you and Alan Arkin are father and son in that movie, and and uh, I I love that movie for a lot of reasons. I feel like I could have been part of that family in a lot of ways. And when I saw you, <laughs> uh, um, when I first saw you singing "Luck Be a Lady Tonight" in your tidy whities I was like, that guy's that guy's just like my brother Jason. I mean, that's my my I saw my brother Jason doing that as a kid, and. Uh, I felt like this guy is family, right? And it's funny when we did uh, the Marconi Bros, yeah. <laughs> whatever. It's this crazy independent film that I did with uh, a while ago. Um, we with, were thinking about John, having with John, with John Polito. Polito. Okay, mm -hmm. so you you who you apparently killed? Uh, yeah. No, you didn't kill him. I I don't know what went down, man. At the end of the day. Wait, do we want? Do you want to go into I, this? I was told there was no. I, I there's no proof that he saw it or didn't see it. Okay, what did he see? What didn't he see? You want me to tell the story? Tell now? the story because it's okay. it's it's pretty. Um, it's epic. pretty pretty epic. Yeah, yeah. So I have a. I don't know how I describe my relationship with Twitter, but it isn't. Are you frustrated place, with it? You just like this? What is this no, contraption? It's a everyone place is of productivity, to? and it's a place where I I can write. Yeah. And I can sort of play a role in a way, you know? Yeah. I, there's a persona. Your Twitter persona is, you know, is a thing. Mm -hmm. And I like it that way. To me, that's what Twitter is for. Right. Just going on there and being like, you know, a kind of Try, weird yeah. version of yourself. Sure. You know, a heightened version of yourself. Trying so, to see how witty you can be yeah. in the space allotted. When you do that and you fail, or you feel like you fail, you get sick of Twitter. I get, I've gotten sick of Twitter when I feel like, oh, there's no one gets assholes. this. Shit. There's a lot of assholes who are. And there's so many assholes, and it's like, ah, fuck it. And I'm, you know, no, you know, maybe I'm not that funny. And I get, I get like, you know, and I'll have the breakdown on Twitter sometimes, which is even more unfortunate. It's like oh, I'll literally really? like talk about like I feel like shit on there. And like, he says a therapist. I, I, I diss Twitter on Twitter, and, and then I'll stop for a while. So I had a bad Twitter break. That's not good. Well, I, well, I guess and, I've, I've done that too, but I I had a bad Twitter. Like yeah, a, yeah where you just kind of like little bursts, little you, bursts of like I'm sick. Why am I tweeting? What the fuck is Twitter? Pull Why it do back I have to in a race. Pull it back in a race. Pull it back in a race. Deleting more people should delete more. Yeah. There's not enough deleters. Yeah. There is not enough deleters, man. I delete like crazy. Delete oh, yeah. everything. Oh, yeah. It's a legacy, potentially. Oh, yeah. What if some freak autistic kid is recording your tweets for <sighs> prosperity? Jesus prosperity. Christ. And, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, it is. Twitter is a fucking weird psycho psychological expression thing. Yeah. So I quit, and I became... Uh, and I, I decided I would do a thing because I love Twitter at the same time where I, w I played I'm running for president on Twitter are you? yeah well there you go you should run for president <laughs> I would right. I would totally we just need guys like you in the White House like just good wholesome wholesome running on just, just THC technology yeah and Vortex Tesla Free exactly. Energy exactly. Foundation. Just enjoying your time on earth type thing. Yeah. And you become, and we need, like, we need just a guy. Communicators. Who's like, who's People like, who are compassionate. Compassionate. There's, there's more to the job than, you know, doing the job. Like, you know, 
I gotta stay, you know, cool. I think I would think, I think I would You'd think. You'd be a cool. I would. And if he could do it, anybody can right. do it. Right, I mean, well, shit. Spit all over that mic. You know, some people actually think that. that yeah. He did it, and now they could do it. Oh, yeah. Oprah was uh, the I think one. I've had that thought. In a not yeah. serious way. I thought, man, I'm, there's I'm a world I... where I could run for president, and, like, people would probably fucking follow me at this point. Like, maybe 150 people. Right. Would be like, yay. Yeah, dude. I'm trying to inspire Everybody everyone run for, yeah. to run against him. Everyone. If we make it that far. Every, well, we should pick, uh, you know, like, ten celebs. I'm very worried about, yeah, well, what were you saying? Pick we ten? should pick ten celebs. Okay. And... With good Twitter feeds and what have you. <laughs> yes. And, uh, and, and make them run for president. Yeah, make them. Make it. Just ten wildfire. Kind of pe- but from, you know, celebrity chef, Mario Batali, <laughs> fucking running for, yeah. you know, whoever. Yes. Run them all. And just to kind of point out how ludicrous the whole thing yes. is. Yes. Because, yeah, the whole thing is fucking ludicrous. Crazy. Yeah. And that's what I think. I anyway, would, we were talking I about. I, I would. I know we jumped around. We went jumped around from John. I think Polito, I would. Th- yeah. I would think so far out of the the box that um, it wouldn't. You know, the system. The system is the problem. You need a whole revamping of the system in order to pull the shit off that I want to do. Right. But uh, the, you know, there's no way. So you have to work with the flow of shit. Yeah. You know, you have to be able to man- manipulate that yeah. shitstorm. How do you manipulate the ship storm? Do you want to do? Did you? I don't want to do that. That's why I'm yeah. running as a joke. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Polito, man. So okay. Polito was in Marconi Brothers. My relationship with him was that he was just like when he when the cameras were rolling, he was a fierce mob boss. But when the <laughs> camera stopped, honey, what are you wearing? Come here, pumpkin. Yeah, yeah, Let yeah, me yeah. See, you know. He was that guy. Yeah, I was, yes, he was. He was that guy. Come here, sweetie. Pie. I met him once, and he was very like, hello. Yes. How Give are me you? A hug. Yeah, yeah. Welcome. Nice yes. to see you. I know who you are. And I was like, oh, nice, nice to see you. <laughs> so, okay. So I had a Twitter break. I had a Twitter breakup, and I just decided that I would do this avant garde, not even that brilliant. But kind of fun thing <laughs> of being, of changing my Twitter feed to read that my name was a great supporting actor, a random supporting actor who'd been in that great, wouldn't have a, always great. That wouldn't have a Twitter feed, right? That doesn't have right. a Twitter feed. That was the one rule. And Because uh, why would John Polito have a Twitter feed? Yeah, have feed? two Twitter feeds. All of a sudden, someone else's. Exactly. Why would I have John Polito? I started with... Uh, who was it? Uh, I tweet. What do you want from me, honey? Give me a pumpkin. He, did he yeah. even call you pumpkin? That was no, I, I only met him once briefly. Oh, okay. Which is why this is really a fucked up story. A brush with death. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, so I, I'll speed the story up. Everyone, no, it's fine. We have time. No, but but yeah. So basically, um, I was tweeting as these character actors. I did David Pamer, Udo Kier, um. And Yafet Koto. Yafet Koto was my first. And then I think I did Udo Kier. Right. And then David Paymer. And two days of their picture being up on my wall, on the thing, the fuck, whatever the fuck that is there, the banner, everything was right. what Yafet Koto would maybe have. Right. 
So I really did it up. And all you got to do, because all you got to do is change the fucking settings. And it's a form of acting. You know, you're, you're trying yeah, to... Yeah, it's kind of fun. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, you change the settings. You know what I mean? You fuck around. So you change the settings. It's not your picture anymore. It's Yafet Koto's picture. And all of a sudden, you're Yafet Koto. But if you look, it, your at handle is still Mr. Dave Crummel. So right. it's not like I'm doing anything brilliant. Anyway, fucking... Uh, uh, I decided to do John Polito after David Paymer. Because you're a huge fan of him, right? I mean, oh, These are all people that I love. highly respect. Right. You know, that I grew up on and that I highly respect. Right. Um, and He's been in like a million Cobras yeah, movies. So that... With each one of the people, I kind of went for like the, the literate, the, the written impression of them when they spoke. Right. I gave their... I flavored it like, what would he actually like? How would he say it? Sure. Type of stuff. Sure. So, <clears throat> my joke, and everything had to be a bit, because why do it? That's deranged if it's not a comedy bit, right? Of if you just talk as the guy. I mean, you could do it's that. It's Andy Kaufman esque. Yeah. I tr well, it's okay. not everybody's in on the It's bit. a little weird. <laughs> it's it's a little sociopathic. That if, yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm, absolutely. I'm a full on disillusioned sociopath. But, um. Okay. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> I really am, but which is fine. I'm yeah. okay with it. It's the no, happiest you, life I can possibly try to lead. You're doing okay, um, bro. You're doing great. I'm doing good, but yeah. Uh, so I I decide that it'd be funny to do a bit where I'm John Polito, thinking I'm I'm texting, but I'm actually tweeting, and I'm tweeting uh, by accident. What I started doing was in the beginning of the day, I was tweeting by accident, like texting by accident. Call me. Like, that was the whole tweet. Or, you know, like... Right, uh, he doesn't know. Like, on, like right. are you there? Right. How come you... You know, <laughs> yeah. like little things all throughout the day. I'm and at then the by deli. The, and at the end of the day, yeah. I sit down, and I'm like, how come you haven't, ex you know, answered wow. my texts all day? Wow. I got into it. Yeah. And then the next tweet would read... Wow. Essentially would say, like... Um, <laughs> would say was Would say, like, hey, I have something to show you. And then I went, I just went on Google Images and downloaded a picture of a fat, greasy midsection of a man. Okay. Who knows if that man in the picture was alive or dead? I don't know. You don't all know. I know, it's all anything. I know was it was There's a lot of stuff out there. And bear, dick, the dick was there. The the balls were out. Right. And you uh, googled as, greasy midsection dick I, out. I found Polito -esque. a perfect pi picture. Okay. And I just, and it doesn't show his face, obviously, because it's not him. It's just a picture. I said, you know, boom. So I put it on the thing. Right. And that, that's the joke. Right. You know, and then the ensuing joke of, oh my God, someone just told me I tweeted it. And, right, you know, right. what the fuck? Right. How do I stop? How do I stop tweeting? I'm How thinking, I'm texting. I thought I'm, I, I'm, I thought I'm, I think, <laughs> what is texting? You know, it's like all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. So the next, I think it was the. brilliant, man. So, so then later that day, like, <laughs> yeah. at like six or seven o'clock. <laughs> At the end of the day, they call my my agent calls me and is like, "Can I ask you a question? Are you doing something weird on Twitter?" And I said, um, "I said, yeah. Oh, geez, yeah. Why? Oh my God. Yes. How? Like, shit. You know, because you don't want your agents knowing what the fuck you're saying on Twitter. At least I don't. Yeah. So, uh, but everyone like, knows so easily. So they quickly. do. It's crazy. Yeah. So she. So I was. <laughs> so I said, "Yeah, I've been doing this thing," and. She goes, did you do anything with John Polito? 
And I said, yeah, I'm John Polito. I did a crazy thing last night with John, or that uh, earlier that day. I said, I did a crazy thing earlier in the day with John Polito. Yeah, yeah. And she was like, uh, John Polito's people called, and they would like to you to cease and desist doing that. And you need to, like, take that down right away. And I said, oh, my God. You know, I got caught doing, like, I felt so bad. She said, I didn't you have think, to take the big greasy penis down. Just take it down. And I was like, okay, no, well, take the whole thing down. Don't, oh, don't be John Don't Polito. be him anymore. Yeah, so this is just, this is all in the course of one day. Right. So I do it, I take it down. Wow. The next morning I'm driving to work. Like wildfire. And my, my agent calls me and she says, John Polito died today, just now, or today, last night in his sleep, whatever. So the day before, I had gotten that call from his reps. <clears throat> and, so you, uh, you, did, were you and, did and you I start said, swerving? Did well, you... my, in my mind, I thought, I, I, I hope he him. didn't see it. Like, if he didn't have a sense of humor, I hope he didn't see it. But the next day when I found out he died, <laughs> I was like, oh, my fucking God. There was that moment where you're like, shit, did I, did did I... I shock this guy? Or did I, like, did he think it was, fu-? like, what the fuck? The last <laughs> moment... On Twitter of this potential guy's whole life. Oh, my God. And it, it's, it's his picture, is my avatar, and the whole thing, and I'm doing this bit. Wow. And he probably would have he the probably would have enjoyed the bit if, if he knew, you know, if he was in on it. I hope so, man. I hope so. He was probably laughing his ass I off. I hope so. I hope he, yeah, he, he died was, laughing. He was, he was probably on, I heard, I, I heard that he was sick for a while. Right. Well, that's the thing. So maybe you gave him a good laugh. Yeah, well, maybe. And maybe he just was, like, by that point, so out of it, he didn't even know. But his people were cool. Like, I guess I would want someone doing that for me. (laughs) If I was was a fucking day away from dying, I would appreciate if someone in my family, like, or somebody called (laughs) somebody and said, yo, stop that guy from doing that (laughs) right now. It's a pretty cool thing of them to do. But you got to imagine, maybe it came from him. Maybe he saw it and he was like, oh, God, I don't know. Who knows what condition he was in the day before he died. Maybe I did do that. I hate to say it, but I hope... That penis does look familiar. I hope that the day before he died, he was in severe condition. Because because then then there's no way he would have been even able to register. (laughs) It was uh, just his people who were very, probably very neurotic. Yeah. Yeah. I hope it's that, man. <laughs> I like to tell myself that version of the story. Because the version Whatever of the story of, my God, he see, he saw it, it pissed him off so much, and he died, is a terrible no, version. No, no, that is terrible. Because then I am implicit in his in his, in his death. And my friends got a kick out of it. Lots of... Uh, so you got some calls from people that were... I got some like... calls who, who uh, from people who couldn't believe that that had happened. Because they they were following. Did they it. think that you so had the killed new, him? Well, the news broke. Right. That John Polito died. Right. And, and they were, saw it. Yeah. And they called me. Uh, it was it was uh, they called me and it was actually Rogan and Apatow, both of them. How did they know Polito? They just knew him from. They didn't know Polito. They just okay. knew that he died because it was yeah. in the news. And they knew you and were doing. He, this and Twitter they knew thing. I was doing the Twitter gotcha, thing the day gotcha, before. Gotcha. And he was yeah. like, "Dude, they were te- they thought they were telling me that John Polito died. I had known for like two hours by the right. time they." By the time they DM'd me, like, what, you know, what the fuck happened? <laughs> and I had to explain, you know. And uh, Jesus. they, I think they both consider it one of the like, most fucked up things it to is. happen. It is. It's like a crazy. It's kind of a fuck up, fuck, fucked up thing. Twilight Zone. I feel terrible about it. No, you should feel terrible. It's really bad. Yeah. 
No, God. I mean, I would feel horrendous. I feel super fucked up about it. God bless that man. Yeah. Shit. He, <laughs> he was the greatest guy. No, okay. I'm yeah, no, it's I hardly knew him. I hardly knew him. But look, there were tributes coming out all day, and I was like, "Oh my oh, god, fuck. man!" Was did they have? Did like, they have, did they have no him in the Oscar uh, memorial today? I don't, I don't think they did. Um, was that recently or last year? Or? I did they not have him? Oh, he should have been. Yeah. Oh, that's fucked up. Those motherfuckers. John see, Polito, that, see what that? Those were the guys I was doing, man. Those are the guys I was trying to do. Like you, like maybe Pamer will be in the in memoriam because he was nominated once. You think they'll put Udo Kier in in the more in memoriam one day yeah, if he know. dies thirty fucking years from now and they have like eighteen other people who died? Do I you, mean, two thousand sixteen was a heavy year for. They didn't. Yeah. He didn't make the cut. Yeah. I'm sure they have like a list of everybody Carrie who died. And Debbie and like, just took up a lot of space. Who should who should we feature? I mean, you know, like you know, they decide. They do you remember? Decide. Do you remember when? Uh, when we first met? I think we met at Seth's house. Right. Yeah. At that crazy Halloween party. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, so I went, I go There was with... a guy dressed up as the Hulk, and he was like a, he was like a special effects makeup artist. And it there was, was a lot of crazy, crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, crazy costumes there. Mm-hmm. That was one of, that was a very wild party. That was a cool party. I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't expecting it either. We weren't. No. I wasn't expecting fucking Tarantino to be there. No, that was pretty awesome. I was very, I was... I, I got he, there. He and didn't I, stay long. I kind of clammed up. Yeah, he talked to me. I, I I talked to him. Yeah, yeah. And it was awesome. I was. But, I, I was, uh, but yeah, I I I usually clam up. But I yeah. At the time, he, I just was like, "This is overwhelming." I I, I was, oh, there was dude. just a lot of people there. That happens to me most of the time. Yeah, that yeah. happens to everyone most of the time. Yeah, and people, my I came in with Kyle and Jamie uh, King, you know, and and right. I I. I I know those guys from the Baruchel route, from right. the fanboys route. Right. Right, okay. Uh, you know that whole crew from Canada from a long time ago, right? Mm-hmm. You guys are all friends growing up. Uh, so I'm coming into it, I felt like, through the back door, you know? Well, I, here's the thing yeah. about you and I. Oh, God. And this might be just a you and I thing, but oh, this God. is why you're so great. Oh, no. Is because I mean, yes. you are. It's incredible. But, actually, but you... And I are the kinds of guys, New Yorkers, the whole thing. We're a lot alike. We will always feel like we're coming through the back door and always have to come through the back door, it feels like. You know what I mean? Is that the and curse of the character actors? I, I think so. Yeah. But I don't know if, it, like, nowadays anything is possible, but it, I, I'll speak on it. Do you want me to preach right now? Please. It's the curse, and this is not, this is not meant to be like, but this is my theory. And it's 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 not it's based on logistics. I have no because I respect it, but for <laughs> for most casting, especially uh, uh, like let's say a TV show or whatever, right? For most uh, you know, for most of what goes on that you have to audition for, <clears throat> there's roles like us are rare, rarer. Whereas those roles, and so we can do a lot of things. You and I can do a lot of different things, which a lot of people can't do. But those roles are getting lesser now because we are not ethnic. And uh-huh. I know that's and and that's yeah, just yeah. the case, right? Uh-huh. So and and that's the way it should be. The television should reflect the demographics of the United States. Absolutely, I totally one thousand percent am all for that. Yeah, but 
at the same time, it's hurting my pocket, you know? Like, it, it's, it, 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 it gets to a point where you can't get the, you know, and I said a couple of years ago, I said, you know, the writers need to write the ethnicity directly into it. You know, you don't necessarily have to say Indian. You can say Asian. You can say, if, if you want to cast, if you don't want to tie yourself in, then write ethnic. Because there was so, there's been so many roles that I've been up for, and I don't know if you've had this experience too, but in television, there's so many roles that I've been up for right. that you come close, and this is the last three years, I'd say. Because they tr You come close, yeah. and they're like, they're trying to find someone ethnic. Right, and, because everyone in the cast the is white, is, and we like, need one black exactly. person. Exactly. So they right. got the white leads, and they're hunky and handsome, right. typically, and whatever. Right. Guys like us white character actors <laughs> right and it's not to say and i totally get it but you know that's a huge source of money potentially and what have you like you got to do that shit sometimes you got to do you know you got to try doing a tv show you know Fuck yeah. and uh it used to be easier for me to do like a side part you've been working forever though right like i was on like the playboy club people don't even know like I was on like all these shows. I was were, regular. Were you a kid actor? I was a kid actor. Okay. So now though, it's it's harder to get those roles. But uh, you've been in the yeah. business for like twenty years. Last week was my twenty fifth anniversary. Oh, wow, yeah. man. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Uh, wow, I'm an old pro, dude. That's incredible, man. I'm lucky, man. I, it's I, I worry every day that it's going to come to an end. No, it can't. Oh, you know that you have that such a big, foundation that you'll be working until the, big, the uh, day you die. Have you ever heard that story about Bogart? But Bogart's like whole thing was that he would hit the bottle hard after he'd film a movie, and become obsessed with the idea that, that he would never one. work again. Right, just like Paul Newman. That's why he Paul Newman did that. Put his face on uh, on uh, you know salad dressing. Right, you start no like... foundation. When he told he told that story on Actor Studio, Paul Newman was just like, "Yeah, after every single movie, I was convinced that was the last one. Man, you got to wrap it up. You better you know invest in popcorn because you're never gonna make any money in this business." Right. Fucking Paul Newman said that. Right. An icon. No, it's crazy, man. I get yeah, it. Yeah. You know, we're like, crazy. Too. We're crazy too because yeah. people do want to like. It's like being a gambler. It's totally one thousand percent being a gambler. When you have a family, it is yeah. especially when you have a family. You know, if I was living in um, if I was living in an apartment by myself, single in Brooklyn, somewhere, I would be frustrated, but I would be like, okay, whatever. I'm on this path, and I'm still getting to pursue what I want and that would be just my choice and you know I'd be going for it you know when you have kids yeah. and a family you're kind of doing that in charge of all of them and it's not doing much you're just kind of sitting around waiting <laughs> yeah waiting for a job to come in waiting for auditions to come in and Dustin Hoffman said that on Inside the Actor Studio if you wait for the job you will die yeah you gotta and make shit happen you gotta make shit happen man it's crazy. So I've been trying to do that just for the energy of it. Like, I don't, I don't know if, like, these ideas are great that I'm putting out, trying to pitch to places, trying to create my own shit. But, like, I got to do it. No, you have to. I have to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, because you're, you have this thing in your belly that well, makes, just if like, you don't do it, you with If it. I don't do something, I'm going to go nuts, right. too. Like, you know, because you do go crazy. It's a crazy-making thing to wait for the to have To have no to stability? Rent. Yeah. So I, as we speak, I'm five and a half months, right? 
five and a half months, no work, right. like nothing coming up. Like there's a thing coming out that I finished, right. the last thing, but it's not coming out for another like maybe six months. So I'm just kind of sitting and waiting and like I'm going crazy. Right. Going a little crazy. So you have to you have to create. So I I tried pitching you're gonna a do couple a, shows. You're going to yeah. do a reading of my play. I'm going to do that. Little Exodus. I'm very excited. You, you're going to, this is about, this is a play that's, um, I cathartically wrote about my family and my brother and, um, and I think you're going to play me or you're going to play my brother in it. Uh, whatever you want me whatever, to play. Whatever, yeah, yeah. What, I'll, you just you're, tell me and I'll do it. You're perfect for it. Well, uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Slums of Beverly Hills. Okay. How many, so did you have a crush on the ladies? You must have. No, I did. He, no. Why you saw the you saw what they were really like behind closed doors? Well, the, here's the thing <laughs> about that movie, and that, this is why this that movie works. <laughs> I know so. she was your sister, but <clears throat> my goodness, I would I had a crush on her. But you know, those weren't her boobies. Boobies. <laughs> How did you and, know what I was? And thinking? they weren't uh, Marissa Tomei's boobies either. Stop it. Yeah, dude. The whole scene where now, Marissa Tomei has shown recently. But no, back in, in Slums of Beverly Hills, that's not Marissa Tomei's body. That's a body double. And same with uh, with uh, Natasha. You motherfucker. Sorry, pal. You didn't know that? What about... No. Come on, everybody about knows the, that. I did not know that. What about the scene <laughs> where they were... Those were body doubles. This, not the scene where they were throwing the vibrator at each other. That was very exciting. No, look, it's a, it's, it's a, <laughs> Jesus Christ! You have, the, you have a thing for those chicks. I, I, I do. I, 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 I never. I, I grew up in Brooklyn. I mean, Marissa, man, Marissa frankly, is like the, exquisite. Like she's a beautiful person. Okay. Um, and Natasha's great too. But uh, yeah, I love them. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, you're not going there. No, but but um, but yeah, no, they 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 uh, it was a hard movie to make. Was and it? The reason why was at the time. The reason why Arkin. I wasn't attracted was at the time we Seasonal. were. I have great stories. Seasonal. I'll tell you a funny story. It's not blood. It's seasoning. What is he saying? What is it? Oh yeah, <laughs> he's stealing the meat and he stabs his leg. Oh, that's right. It's not but seasoning. Yeah, 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 <laughs> right. Wow, you know that movie really good. Dude, I love that movie. It's a great movie, dude. That's yeah. my favorite movie that I've done. Really? It's a great movie, man. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's such I, I love that movie. Cause it's so specific in tone and it works still. And oh man. Alan Arkin's great in that movie. You guys were family in that movie. Yeah, it that's was pretty very cool. Believable. I'll tell you a couple of funny stories. Alan Arkin's a trip. Please. Alan he's Arkin, one of my favorites. Alan Arkin is great, and he's a trip. Uh, yeah. I'll just say that. And he's awesome. Did you guys? We, we went to the read-through, the, the table read. Okay. We, we met up at the table read before two weeks of rehearsal. And Kevin Corrigan, who, do you know Kevin Corrigan? Yeah. Yeah, Kevin Corrigan, who's incredible, who's like my hero actor. Fuck yeah. Kevin Corrigan shows up. And um, Kevin was an interest is an interesting guy, and <laughs> to say the least, and he's a wonderful. He's one of my best friends, but he's an interesting guy. Right. And he <laughs> he's uh, he's he's definitely peculiar in a way, in the best way. But he's kind of off kilter guy, him, man. Yeah, he's great. True romance. True romance, and you gotta if you don't know Kevin Kevin Corrigan's amazing. You gotta look up Kevin Corrigan. Very funny guy, and. Uh, 
They were and, on a TV show recently, right? He was trying well, to he's TV. on the show with Andrew Dice Clay, and oh. he, he makes the rounds. Yeah, he does. He's tremendous. Yeah. And, uh, I can never impersonate him. He has a Twitter. Yeah. He's great. He's like a, he's <laughs> he, almost like a walk-in, you know? Yeah, and, and I, I love him deeply. I mean, I truly love that guy. Yeah. He, he, he worships walk-in, too. But, so we showed up at the table read. <laughs> we showed up at the table read, and he... Um, Got his penis out. No, he, he kind of fucks up at the table room, oh. and he's really off kilter at the table. Ugh. He's doing weird stuff, and it's not showy weird stuff. It's just weird, he's and like it's like tripping, or something. tripping on shit. Wow. But that's Kevin Corrigan. That's what's so amazing about him. If you watch him like you know up close, because um, he does it, he's not out of it. Right. He's totally with it, but he's a weird guy. You know, he has a weird way. I hope people say that about me, that I'm a weird guy. Anyway. The best people are weird. Yeah, the best people are weird. So he fucks up the chit, and Alan Arkin comes up to me. And Alan Arkin reading, goes, after the table read. And Alan Arkin goes, Alan Arkin goes, that guy, I'm not, that, I wasn't Ooh, crazy good. about. That's uh, good, yeah. I wasn't crazy about what he was doing. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, and I'm, I'm like, uh, like God, he's. I thought he was because I thought he was great. I thought it was amazing. Frankly, it was shocking. Right. It was such a weird approach to the character that no one had like read into in the script. Yeah, because he's just an interesting. He's such an interesting actor. I, but anyway, he yeah. uh, he played. You ever see uh, Buffalo '66? <laughs> no, but I have to. He's. I, I couldn't get oh, through dude. it, but I, it was very. He play. He plays Goon, and right. he, he it's who wants to be called Rocky. It's amazing. Right. He plays a, he play, you gotta watch it. I gotta watch I it. I can't say that's what like, it is. That's like a classic Not, movie. He plays a mentally challenged person. And right. it's a, in, in two scenes. And it's amazing. But anyway, it's a, it's amazing, dude. <laughs> you gotta, it's, it's incredible. I know, I love that guy. He's the best. Anyway, so, that guy, uh, the next day, we're at rehearsal. Okay. And I know that Alan Arkin doesn't... Um, Appreciate what Love he's doing. Kevin Corrigan. Right, right. And it's the first day of rehearsal. And at one point, we're in this big kitchen in the apartment, uh, in the apartment that uh, we were we were shooting in. And uh, that's where we were rehearsing, because they rented the apartment basically for like you know two months, uh, or a couple apartments, one month each. And those apartments were in. We shot in the slums of Beverly Hills. We shot those in right. those apartment buildings. Right. Right. Those, you know, we got permits and shot and all those. Like, you know what I'm talking right, about. In sure. L.A., there's kind of like the slums of Beverly Hills. Yeah, yeah. Condo stacked up. Yeah, little yeah. like, you know, 50s, 60s hut type. Right. Little, you know, houses and right. apartments and what have you. And and these like, yeah, these like four or five story condos and whatever. And they Complexes. Go there's a little section of it. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so... We're in one of, in the in the kitchen, and Alan Arkin is holding court. And he has a cup of full a full cup of coffee in his hand. Okay, and uh, he's sipping from it, <laughs> and he's kind of gulping it down, and uh, oh. he's telling a story. He's telling a story. He's holding court. Yeah, Corrigan worships Alan Arkin. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't told anybody yet, but like Alan Arkin is like one of his heroes, so he's so. Fanboyed out, frankly, to right. to steal a uh, <laughs> you know a chick old 
check on the IMDb there. Uh, he fanboys out yes. <laughs> of your IMDb. Yes, I got you. Of course, yeah. And uh, he fanboys out, <laughs> and um, and yeah, he uh, he in the middle of a sentence, he lurches forward in the group in the in the group of us standing there. We're all standing there. Yeah, the whole cast. And he interrupts Alan Arkin with something like, hey, you know, uh, like one of those, Chris, like a Chris Farley bill, hey, remember uh, that moment? Or he says, like, he just has a full fanboy moment. Like, you were amazing in uh, whatever. Yeah. In Catch-22. Right, you know, right. you know, like, you, you know, like, And he's in the middle of talking. Yeah, hard as a lonely hunter, whatever. Right, you know, like, right. Praising Alan Arkin. Yeah. And Alan Arkin stops talking and, and takes about three beats and doesn't respond, and with a dead face, just drops his coffee. <laughs> Boom, and it splashes all over the place. Genius. And, uh, it was amazing, man, and and, and it, was, it was a small coffee, right. but it was full, you right, know? Right, right. Pretty amazing, man, and he like, and Corrigan like, just started laughing. Corrigan, you know, thought it was the funniest thing, and, yeah. and they eventually like, I think- Became buddies. Well, I think eventually Alan started. No, there were, no one became buddies on that movie. <laughs> but I kind of became buddies Fucking with Kevin. Here. That movie was the one of the toughest shoots ever. Slums of Beverly Hills. Slums of Beverly Hills. We were, they sent the bondsman to the set. <laughs> and the bondsman, Fuck. tell you, they sent the fox bondsman to the set. And he was an old, like, Don Quixote-looking dude. Yikes. With the thing and the whatever. And he, he showed up, and, <laughs> and he, like... And what it happened it was so insane. That movie was funny. Uh, Arkin goes, "I punched that guy." <laughs> and uh, he was the he was the guy on Poppy too. And Poppy, Whoa. they had a lots of scenes with like oh, lots no. of extras, in, like you know Puerto Rican extras oh, or whatever, no. or whatever they were, you know, you know South American extras when they made Poppy, which was in like what the late like the mid seventies, early seventies. And that guy had shown up, and he was bullying the extras. Fuck. And fucking Arkin punched him. He's <laughs> great. Now, 25 years later, this guy shows up on our set. That's the guy. That's the fucking guy. And he's old, and Arkin's old. Right. And it's like, that's the guy I punched 25 Do you remember? <laughs> you imagine you punch someone. You're angry wow. enough to punch someone. Wow. And 25 years later, you see them, and they're in the same position and they're like threatening to shut down the movie because we're Not so regulation. behind. Yeah, we're super so behind. Are you guys? Did they get into another fight? No, they didn't get into another fight. They, they kept their distance down? from each other, and eventually the guy went away. But okay. he was there for about a week, week and a half. He it was crazy. Get, he didn't want to get punched. That again. movie was a. It, it just was low budget <laughs> and hot as fuck. We shot in the summer. It was hot as hell. It was like ninety-seven degrees every day, and. We just, she was great. Like, uh, Tamara Jenkins, like, she just wanted the most out of every moment. Right. She knew if she could get us acting, like, spending time together and acting as a family, that she could then, when she needed it, get it out of us. But that was a painstaking, like, at the time process. Like, she did a lot of directing, which was great. But, you know, in between takes, yeah. let's try one where it's this. And, okay, let's, cool, you know. And so things would change a lot. And it just took time. And before you know it, like, we were behind by a lot. 
And then all of a sudden, it's like the AD's fighting her, and people are freaking out that we're behind because money's being lost, yeah. but we're doing great stuff. And I was 19. I remember sitting on the... 19, uh, holy shit. I was 19, and I remember sitting on the... Um, the steps with uh, what was your first film? Life with Mikey. Life with Mikey. Yeah. You were the kid in that. Yeah. That's it. Why are you saying like Lapine, man? Fucking yeah, it's pretty great. It's a great movie. James Lapine fucking kickstarted my fucking career. Right? Well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty great movie, man. And, uh, <laughs> I like Michael G. Fox, dude. Yeah, it was that was pretty awesome, dude. It was pretty like yeah. mind blowing at that point when you're a kid, like. You don't process it as anything more than, like, just the coolest shit. Of course. You're not like, oh, my God, I'm getting to work with my favorite actor. <laughs> you don't care about the acting. Nothing. You don't give a fuck. You're a kid. And you're getting to, like, do a movie. Fucking what? And Michael J. Fox, you're going to be, like, it's crazy. So at the time, I freaked out, man. Were you an Alex P. Keaton fan? Yeah, I watched Family Ties. Yeah. and oh, Yeah, fuck yeah, man. That was man. post Back to the Future. And, and so, it? yeah, yeah. Holy shit. That was so a long time he ago. He was mega. Yeah. Wow. He was mega, dude. Wow. Yeah, it was Michael J. Fox, dude. It blew my mind. Never do, <laughs> never do the impression. Never do an impression for the celebrity if you ever meet them. If you have an, do you do impressions? I do random ones. Really random ones. What do you ones. do? I do Alan Arkin. Let me hear it again. I like it. Uh,. The Arkin is, is very, it, I'm not, I don't do as, as good an Arkin. I can't ever do the Arkin publicly, <laughs> like on a podcast, without giving salute it, to though. Kevin Pollack, oh, who yeah. does a much better Arkin than me. Right. A much better. Who, oh, who's, but that's good, though. I do my own. That's a good one. We both have different Arkin, dueling Arkins. I stole we fucking Spacey's Pacino. Well, there you go. Yeah. Who else do you do? <laughs> I do, uh, fuck, I do Woody Allen, but, you know, that's, everybody Woody. does Woody Allen. I have a, let me hear you, Woody. Everybody does it. Uh, who cares? Of course, of course you want to hear it. You know, you brought me here, and I'm, I'm sitting in this very hot room. <laughs> it is hot in here. If you could turn up the air conditioning. That's good. You yeah. worked with him, though, right? I just worked with him. Right. What just was it? Worked with what him. was it? I just did his last thing that's coming out. It's Wonder Wheel. It's oh. what it's called. Yeah. <laughs> All I think is all I can think of is Richard Pryor from the toy Wonder Wheel. Why yeah. is it called Wonder Wheel? Because the Wonder Wheel is the big um Oh, from like the From the, from Coney Island. Oh. It's the big um Ferris wheel at Coney Island. The movie kind of takes place in Coney Island. Wait, what's pretty great. What period is it? Uh you have a big part? I think it's the fifties. Which <sighs> yeah. Dude. I don't. I have I have two small quick scenes, but I'm it's I love it. It's amazing. It was it was What great. was it like? Tell me what it was like working with. He was the nicest at this point. I'm sure he doesn't want trouble. He's 80. <laughs> like seriously, he doesn't want to show up and have good, even get into theological discussions. Like right. either you're good and you're it doesn't matter cuz you're already on film right. and he's not going to fight anymore. Potentially he used to be that way, but for me he was so happy with what I was doing. Great. What me and Justin Timberlake were doing, which was pretty crazy. <laughs> uh, Justin's awesome and, you know, great guy, but, you know, one of the biggest stars in the world. Right. And we shot on the street, you know, in broad daylight. <laughs> and uh, it was tough. It was tough. You've have, you but have... he was all he was happy with what we were doing. We did we it was really cool. And we did a one yeah. and that was, you know, I was I've always wanted to do a Woody Allen one you know. So it was cool, man. It's a cool experience. 
You got to work with Cohen Brothers. I did. You hail Caesar. That ruined me for all future experiences. What do you mean? Because that was so awesome. That experience oh, was awesome. Tell me about it. You were you were in a room of awesome actors. Yeah, the really great people, there. and and yeah. and yeah, it it was pretty crazy, man. It because it's uh, it was a very easygoing set. Yeah. Everyone who works for the Coens, including the Coens themselves, and are the best at what they do. Every department, makeup, hair, these are the, these are people who are like pros. They do it quick, efficiently, and they're awesome. Right. Smart, really like the top of their game. Yeah. These are the award winners, the guy, the people that get like you know. So uh, the DP, um, yeah, was what's his name? Oh shit, no, I'm fucking forgetting. Is it DP's always? Name. Is it always this? Deacons. Deacons. Roger Deacons. Thank yeah. you, Mike. So Roger Deacons. Yeah, and, and you're just working with the best people, and it's so cool to be cradled like that, and you're like, wow, I made it to this place, and it was a small thing. I did a little tiny thing in that movie, and but it's like, so cool to be part of that. Oh, it was so much oh, fun. My God. And what was crazy was that I had auditioned for them years ago. They didn't remember me um, years later. And then for when I auditioned for this. And then the first day I got there, they they threw an f- amazing fake mustache on me. <laughs> I mean, they were just like, put a mustache, slap a mustache on me. <laughs> they, they lined us all up and told <laughs> yeah. makeup and hair what they wanted. Right. And a couple guys got mustaches, and they looked at me and said, you know, mustache. put a, put a mus- mustache on me. Yeah. And they put like a bushy walrus mustache <laughs> yeah. on me. And it was like, okay, I guess we're doing this weird <laughs> Right. <laughs> and it was my favorite thing. And and that mustache was like the top of the line mustache. Right. The mustache that, that was the best mustache in film. Informed the character. It never got and it never got fucked up. I it never like had to be put it back on. Like the guy would just put it on and it was done. I had a pretty amazing mustache. And it mustache. moved with my face. I had a pretty amazing mustache in Fantastic Beast. I have okay. to I have to bring that up. And it moves with your face, it right? It was my mustache. Oh, it's your mustache. I grew it myself. Yeah. I, I grew a nice mustache myself. Why did they let you use your own mustache? Because they were, I didn't have a mustache. They said, come, you know, clean shaven. And then they saw me and said, put a mustache on. I couldn't have a, I, I, I said, I'll, I'll use I my, mustache. my mustache. But here's the thing. I will, yeah. That mustache does not work off of set outside of the 50s, outside of your precious Cone Brothers set. Well, yeah. You walk off of that set and suddenly you're, you can't walk by a kid's school without oh, people dude, looking at I you. I did weird. another thing. I did another thing that's coming out at the end of the year. And, <laughs> yeah. And I, uh, I just had the stash. <laughs> Yikes. So imagine that, man. It was like, it was like fucking <laughs> terrible look, terrible looking. And I had an app, I had the Jufro going. <laughs> And it was it was bad looking, and I did it for four months on an HBO show that's the Deuce. There's this show called The Deuce that's coming out. Oh, what is that? It's David Simon who did The Wire. Cool. He it's his new show, and it's it's him and uh, George Pelicanos, and they're awesome. Yeah. And they did Homicide Life on the Street. Are you playing a cop? Or what? No, it's it's the it's the seventies New York porn scene. Holy shit. The creation of porn, the legalization of it in theaters and whatever, <laughs> oh, like man. all that. Are you a director? I play a porn director. I play oh, a porn god. director, yeah. Oh my god. And um and yeah, it's wow. and I have a mustache. Of course it. you do. And I have to dye the mustache. What color? Just a basic dark brown because oh. the problem is I get blonde in it. Oh. And it looked weird because my eyebrows are darker. So I anyway, right. I colored it up. Yeah. 
So I look like it makes it come out more. So it's even creepier. It's like a caterpillar on this guy's face. Right, you're almost there. Yeah. And at the time, I was 26 pounds heavier than I am now. Wow. So I was kind of fat guy, fat, fat little guy with just a mustache and everything else shaved. You were hedgehogging it. I was hedgehogging it. It really was a full-on hedgehog. Yeah. It was a, a Ron Jeremy thing. Did you what, look like Ron Jeremy? Very much, I would think. Yeah, wow. I mean, people are going to go, oh, that's like the Ron Jeremy character. So then they're but it's not Ron Jeremy. But then I yeah. think you should lean on that and just say, yeah, it is. No, because... Legendarily huge cack. Co correct, but but my character does not participate. So, yeah, but just people thinking, whoa, he's the Ron Jeremy character. That's but, true. Yeah, there you go. That's true. But um, <laughs> uh, it could be a huge thing, guy. It could be huge. Let me tell you something. On that note, what? Let me tell you, Papa needs a hit. You know what I mean? I need some, like, it could be a huge thing, brother. Who are you in Sausage Party? You never party? know. Who are I'll you move in... on to the next. If Look, hey, man, have I dealt with failure? Look at who you're talking to. Uh, yeah. Uh, who are you in Sausage Party? I'm the lavash rap. Oh, of course. The Arabic lavash rap. Very funny. Extremely funny. Hey, thanks. That, that movie made me wonder about my life a few times. Made me mm -hmm. crack up. Yeah. And other times I was just like, oh, my God, why aren't we feeding the poor right now? Yeah, it's pretty crazy shit, man. Yeah. People waste their stuff on trivial fear and what have you. It, they waste their time. And that's what that movie's about. Is, it's yeah. Like, it's like stuff. It goes yeah. to such an incredible level of breaking the fourth dimension at the end. You know, it's like, it's a, it's a we message. found out we're a, we're a movie and we're going to kill the oh, artist. Man, that's a weird Whatever place. I, when I first saw that, I was like, I don't like I kind of don't love that. It and then, like South Park in kind of a interesting. But then way. it's warm. I've, I saw the movie four times. I Jesus love that movie. Christ, I, I'm very proud of that movie. <laughs> it's hysterical. I had to. I love that movie, man. It's it's hysterical. It's ballsy as a motherfucker. It's not a perfect movie. Right. There's a good like, but there you know, are half hour chunk that's a little like plotting, and we're getting there and whatever. Nine eleven. But it takes its powdered time. donut moment where you know the everyone falls out of the cart. And yeah, you call, and, yeah, yeah. And you hear the high the pitch, whatever, like the the post bomb. Yeah, moment. yeah, yeah. That was a moment where I was like, that. Not only is that brilliant, and no one has ever described that. Wait a second, time out. I'm a New Yorker. No one man. has ever described that as the 9/11 moment in Sausage. They're party. walking around <laughs> covered in in white dust. Yeah, no, I, I, I just don't think anyone. That's funny. Like it, I, I, that's, I, I grew, I grew that's up true. here. I think in the, that's yeah. it's supposed to. Yeah, it's supposed to feel like uh, that's funny. That you a post <laughs> attack. It's like an post. You know the nine eleven part, the sausage party. <laughs> the nine eleven scene in sausage. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, that's what I. That's, listen, that's yeah. I, I listen. Hey. I, I'm a New Yorker, man. I was I here it. when that happened. It's in my fucking yeah, blood. Some, you saw it and you were like, I was here when it happened too. You saw <laughs> yeah. it and you were just like, dude, this is images of 9 11. <laughs> this movie just became a documentary. Well, what, I mean, what is that? It's like post post bomb going off, right? And yeah, basically. basically. Yeah. It's, it, their civilization it's intense, is threatened. Man. Their yes. civilization is threatened. But specifically, that's the moment in They're the hanging movie. On to You're your paying life. homage to home, 100 different movies. The message of the movie is simply this. Yes, sir. And you have to interpret it either way. Mm -hmm. The message of that movie, the real message of that movie... <laughs> Sausage party. ...is we're all dying. We're all fucking going to die. Mm -hmm. uh, unless, you know, miracles of technology save us somehow, I guess. But and the, when you the go movie there, doesn't get that fucking deep. eat you, man. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yeah, they, you die, right? Yeah. Some of us get killed brutally. It's terrible. 
It's terrible. Life, the, the idea of death is really not a fun idea. No one thinks about it. No one dwells on death. And people that do are people that other people worry about. That guy's, what is that guy, what is he up to? And lately he's been dwelling on dwe- death as something you never hear. Yeah. You know, if you do hear it, it's like, what? Lately he's been d- dwelling on death? Get that guy out of his mom's basement and let's talk to him. Get him some meds. And there's a lot of guys out there, and I think <laughs> they're like that. And I think that the movie is a thing of like, hey, let's stop all being so selfish and perhaps put down whatever we're using as a f- tool to make us less afraid of dying. Ah. Put it down, like stop separating yourself right. and fuck and fuck. Yeah, get down to it. We're here to fuck and make other people and shut the fuck up and just fuck and like and fuck is love. Like you're there for love. Right. We're here for that that movie is like that's the it's an allegorical movie. That move that's why I love that movie. It's because it's hilarious and super dirty and it's really distracting in that way. Because it's stupid too. I mean, some of the humor it's is just dumb. Yeah. Dude, it's yeah, it's dumb fucking banana humor, you know, like which is great, you know, in a way, because it's it knows itself, it knows it's that, you know, right. it owns it. But beneath that, that story is pretty intense. No, like if you think about it, it's a story about it's deep. It's about yeah, it's about Things avoiding death, avoiding their own death. Like, that's like most, you know, that's a pretty heavy thing. <laughs> like, you know, you could make a character drama about people who are obsessed with avoiding their own death, right? You could cast actors. Lost. And it would be like an interesting, yeah, every week you check in with them and they're, they're, they're so, like, you know, scared. They don't come outside. They, you know, they're agoraphobes or what have you. Um... I'm telling you, that'd be an interesting show. Not, I'm not pitching a show, but because <laughs> it's a ridiculous idea. But uh, no, it's like. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's like a limbo. Kind you of. couldn't do that show, and what I think what it, what I'm saying is that would be a kind of a weird show to watch. This is that show, but like, you know, well, in Technicolor is, and and beautiful like. It seems like it CGI. Could be, it and, seems like it could keep going. That's what they're. It looks like they're leaving. You a know, door those guys are kind of like I'm, I don't know. I don't know where they. What know. they, I it's, think it's interesting. I it, can't predict what those guys, you know, would do with that with that right. property. I would what love to do, do another one. What could you do? Well, the, to go out in the I mean, world do and go... do like a live action CGI thing, which would be super <laughs> weird. Wearing mocap suits. Yeah, that would be super super weird. And That's maybe like the Simpsons episode where he goes into lands in the real world. Yeah, Ooh, right. That's a crazy what's episode. Happening? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have one more question for you. Okay. You were in the ice storm. I'm going to regret this whole interview just by the nature of the fact that it's an interview. I just want to say that. Okay. I loved my time here, and we have a, <laughs> clearly have a connection, but I'm going, I, every interview I do, I just hate doing interviews. I really do. Really? I do. You had a good time, though. I do because I'm going to regret so much of this when I hear it back. Well, do you think that you're going to regret My voice. Mostly the the voice, the Polito. Well, the voice is the starter. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
But, but, but you know, then it is, yeah, what I'm saying. I think, oh, look, what a fucking, he can't even talk. He's more, like, I really will go off on myself listening to an interview. Do you have an embarrassing? So I may not listen to this. Good. Do you have an embarrassing Ang Plus, it's long and rambling and... Ang Lee story? I don't have an embarrassing Ang Lee story, no. At all? An embarrassing Ang Lee well, story? Do you know of one? No. Any uh, story. Of, of Ang Lee? No, no. I do. I have a shitload of them. Of Ang Lee? Oh, yeah. Stories? Oh, yeah. You have Ang Lee stories? Oh, yeah, dude. Dude, I met an Ang Lee. Dude, I met the... Dude, we're with the guy right now who has the most Ang Lee stories. If you have I one Ang Lee story... The, that's the most. You have the most Ang Lee stories. Which one do you want to hear? You want to hear the onset take? That guy's the quietest guy, man. Oh, I don't know. I was oh, really? Privy to a lot of what oh, interesting boy. shit. Do you want to hear? I love Angley. <laughs> do you want to hear the Nick Nolte story? You'll I like love Angley, but he didn't remember me when I presented him an award at a award show. I worked with you, and he had worked with me. Yeah. Oh yeah. And he didn't remember. I was like, yeah, remember me? Oh fuck. <laughs> How are you? Oh man. <laughs> Cool. I thought, oh, he'll come up and I'll say, oh, hey, remember? He's got a lot of he comes up and he looked at me like, oh, hello, oh, nice oh, to meet you. And I was like, no, you know, you know, like I'm not. <laughs> I know. I'm like, you might be. What's up? Hey, what's up, Doc? Congratulations. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. By the sad. way, I have a thousand <laughs> stories like that. Like, there are people who are Where afraid, who have social anxiety you? disorder. No, just weird shit like that. Really awkward. I will say this about me. Okay. And this is my this is my reputation amongst my friends. If I have a reputation amongst my friends, it's that I'm funny, a little crazy. And <laughs> fucked up shit happens to me. Weird okay. like embarrassing stuff happens to me. The Polito thing is pretty Th that's that is like probably the best one ever, but the wow. reason it's even funnier to my friends, it's because the, the hopefully the peak of years worth of them knowing stuff that happened, like stuff I don't tell people publicly, yeah. but stuff that's happened to me. I've had some weird, weird things happen to me in this business. In with meeting people and whatever, I've had. I, I could. I have a thousand stories. I'm that. I'm that guy. I just ended up with them, I, and uh, <laughs> I've had weird things, like super weird. What's uh, the weirdest? Uh, pretty weird. I, well, the weirdest is a Polito thing for sure. Okay, that's the weirdest. But I've had some weird things, man. Like just meeting people who don't remember me is one thing. Um, that happens a lot. Uh, gosh, what else? Oh man, there's some big stories. I could think of them, but there's some big stories. You know, okay. like but some of them I don't want to like tell. Yeah. Oh, like, okay. But stuff that I shouldn't have seen. Oh. Yeah, stuff I, sh I really shouldn't have seen, like really shouldn't have seen. You walked in on Kelsey Graham or beating it or something? No, no. It, it's almost worse than that. Oh. Yeah. Stuff I really shouldn't have seen. Oh, like conspiratorial, like, if yes. you ever open your mouth about this. Well, not that. To anybody, Nothing crumbles. like gangster. Nothing, oh. no, no, no. Nothing I can't you... say what I, I can't, I can't even go you there. You can't even go there. Yeah, I can't even go there. It's bad. I'm sorry. I'll tell you after. Did you ever I won't tell you the story, but okay. I'll tell you what I was privy to. So I've seen, and I'm always the guy. Were you like the third guy? I was the third guy. On the boat with Walken and Wagner? I was the third guy in a situation where the two people went away. And I was the third guy. And I felt like, oh shit. Like, and they were both not supposed to do that. Let's just put it that way. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Two people, I was, I was one of three people. Yeah. The other two people went away and did something. Okay. That they really should not have done. 
based yeah. on certain circumstances, and that's all I'm going to say. It's like the director just yelled, cut, we're going to go rob a bank. Basically, yeah. It was worse, much worse than that. It was, it was, not, it was more of a crisis of morality. It wasn't, wasn't a criminal thing. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Anyway... That's one of the dark stories. That is uh, no, but that was you asked what was the weirdest. I, I've had a few weird things where I'm always in the middle of it, and then it has repercussions. Very strange things. Very strange. People you, react strangely to me. Would I you think I'm, a, I'm I'm a bit of a a punching bag and a pushover a little bit as a person. Oh. But you know, I'm also very. It's because I'm like extremely sweet and neurotic, and openly neurotic. I'm an openly neurotic man. I'm o- I present my neurosis to you. Sure. I don't hide my neurosis from people when you when I meet you. And Are so, you Ashkenazi? Yeah, you know, I come, I do the whole th- bit, you know, but that's who I am. Right. I can't change that, you know. So people tend to, like, I don't know if they not take me seriously or whatever, or they don't take me seriously, but, huh. but I think they do, but there's a bit of, dude, I have been mistaken for agents' assistance. Oh. By people I had worked with, actors I had worked with in the past. In fact, the, the oh yeah, several times, like <laughs> twice or three times, dude. I yeah. think there's a movie here where you collect. In the last like you six, collect seven all these years. Stories. You collect all these stories, you call it Crumholtz, and you you have all these stories. Oh, yeah. uh, we, telling, you, a sto- telling like a, an arc. You okay. know Ricky Maybe, right? Maybe. You know Ricky, maybe. Jay's bud. Oh, you don't know Ricky. Maybe. So Ricky and I created a TV show together. He's a great guy. But you're a spy in the middle because no one remembers So we came up with this exact idea. You're telling the idea. Confessions of a Dangerous Mind with you? No, but it is. It is! No, it's it's David Crumholtz is is an easy target. Oh. And what, what it's about is a guy that's a pushover and... He's bullied by everyone in his life, oh. and he becomes a professional pushover, and he ends up in trouble and doing that, doing spy work. So it's a spy movie huh. about you. a bullied guy. Yeah, but is it you? It's me. And you're calling it. Comments? Well, if we thought of it. No, it, it probably wouldn't be me. <laughs> that would be terrible. <laughs> no, it'd be, be kind of mind blowing. David Crumholtz is yes. the uh, yes. An easy target, or the easy target. Yeah. Because I am. Which is fine. I play that role. Dude, I play that role. I play that role. There you are people know, I know can't, thyself. I'm going to talk like, you know, there, are people, there are people who I have worked with on many levels who have acted crazy around me and like wow. the craziest shit. And then I'll go to my friends and I'll be like, dude, you wouldn't believe the crazy shit I saw this guy do today. And my friends were like, because they feel comfortable never, around you. I don't know, but yeah. they, no, I just I have had an interesting run of working with some interesting people. Interesting, interesting people meaning like, kind of people who are on edge, people who are like super aggro, and like it's surprising. I keep work, especially actors. It's mostly actors working with aggro actors, and I'm not going to name names, right? Oh, but I end up with amazing stories of aggro. screaming and. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! It's the best. How does that happen? But it keeps happening. They... Is yeah. the problem? Yeah. You get stuck with the aggro guy. No, it hasn't happened in a while. But I, I have my, I have more stories about aggro actors that I've worked with. Yeah. So then I start thinking maybe I, I'm off-putting and I rub people the wrong way, bring oh. out the worst in people. Huh. And that's probably closer to the truth. <laughs> you, th- you think so? I think I definitely bring out the worst in people. You remind them of somebody. I think I'm just like, you know, come get me. I'm too nice. It's like I'm I'm like it's like my daughter. 
going full circle, pouncing on my head. Oh. It's like, come on, you know. Right. You know. Stand up for yourself, mister. No, you can take me on. I'll take I'll take the blows. You like the other punching bag. It's a martyr thing. It's a G Jesus thing. Right. It's weird. But I you know, and I but I do it naturally. So maybe I am the Messiah. On that note, it was fantastic. <laughs> no, no. Holy <laughs> shit, dude. <laughs> You're the Messiah. Yeah, man. Come on. Um, we, we do. I could be the Messiah. I could be the Messiah. I mean, you could. I mean, Come he on. was Jesus was a Jew. You're Jewish. You could be the Messiah. I could be the Messiah. Actually, I was watching. You don't have. I, I don't think the Messiah has to be Jewish. I just want to say. You know that. what they said? Jesus said, "Check it, people. There's gonna be a. You know, you think I'm wacky? There's, when the when the time is right, there's gonna be many like me. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. A lot of people's chakras, yeah, and man. their third eyes opening. And Absolutely, especially crazy. right now, man. Right now, is it, is it opening? Well, I think a lot of people are coming into awareness getting, all of a sudden because of the shit up. that's happening in the world. Yeah. I think Thank it's God. All, you think it's you know, all being orchestrated, man? Well, there's political theater, right? I mean, there is there is that thing, and they love to play it, and it's... I don't think... Uh, I don't think that is a question... It's obvious. I mean, they've been doing it for I don't years. Think it's it's, 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 it's embedded in the system. Right. And I don't think when it comes to stuff like this, there's got to be, you've got to, the first knee-jerk reaction has to be, it's authentic. This is an authentic thing. Two days later to say, or one day later to say, or the same day on Twitter, to say that that thing was, you know, didn't happen, or that that thing uh, was part of a bigger plan to tear us down. Someone, you know, terrorized the JC, 19 JCCs in one day, right? And, and all of a sudden, people are saying, hey, we don't know, this could have been the Democrats, right? Now, I don't put anything past politics or politicians. I don't put anything past them. But I would be surprised if there was any political group, even an anarchist group, that would do that, and even if they would, you have to toe the line, even if you slightly suspect, you can't, it's an obnoxiousness, and that's what the guy's created in this country, is obnoxious, he's made us way more obnoxious, and his own people are going out and pushing that story, saying, you know what, hold on a second, I, I had a Twitter fight with Anthony Scaramucci, Aye. Anthony Scaramucci is a guy who lives on Long Island. He's yep. an entrepreneur. And he is a member of Trump's uh, advisory team. And he was during the campaign. Of course. And he's, he does very well. And I'm sure he's a very charitable guy. And he's a Trump advisor. That's what he is. He's an advisor to Trump. He's probably a friend. And he, you know, and he's a trusted friend to, to Donald Trump. And, uh, as soon as the news broke, he tweeted an article. He tweeted the article of the news, and along with it said on Twitter, and I love getting into Twitter fights. I like getting into respectful Twitter fights, but sometimes I have to tell people to fuck, fuck off. But I like, like, even if I really, because I'm a moderate, you know, so I'll, you know, I'll toe the line. I, I, I enjoy people. You know, if you're willing it to talk intelligently to, to me, then I'll, if you're not 15, right. if you're like, do you want to talk this out? Let's talk it out. Right. And I'm all about that, because... 
The societal divide is the real problem in this country. We need right to now. meet and we shouldn't be paying attention to what the fuck is going on. Let them figure their shit out because they're going to do it anyway. Right. Democrats are Republicans, but we need to start find being the middle nice. ground. Well, yeah, and what and 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 dude, it's not cool to be obnoxious. It's not cool to be obnoxious because we're a massive country and we shouldn't be obnoxious to each other of all things. No. And, and that's what it like leads to, to. We just look like a big obnoxious bully to everybody. Exactly, exactly. On the globe. So, um, but anyway, like, uh, I, I confronted this guy because he, he wrote in his tweet, he wrote, you know, we don't know who did this yet. And let's remember that, you know, Democratic, rabid bands of Democrats in protests and like, we, you know, we're getting, or whatever he wrote. He, he reminded the people that, you know, Democrats might be, you know, there, there's hardcore liberal you know, way left, um, like radical liberal um, people might be like disrupting stuff. That's what he's trying to say. So he's saying, hey. Starting a fight in order but to But that's start a the fight. wrong, fucking, he has 134,000 followers. That's the wrong reaction. That is a reaction that is something that is un-American in the sense that it's not al- an altruistic reaction. It's not a compassionate altruistic reaction to the victims you don't right. you don't go hey wait a second they may have done it themselves because um, I doubt that would happen right so there's a lot of weird stuff um, well the, fa- you know, and the, it's the also, fact he brings it up is because they people do do it themselves all the time I mean right they do it's a tactic that is just disgusting that it could be the, the, the source of I don't know a shitload of the recent wars. Oh yeah, it's 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 like risk. Everything is a game of risk to them, you know, because the rewards are huge. But I think in this in this particular case, you shouldn't be the asshole on Twitter coming out and fucking saying, being the first person to say, "Hey, by the way, this might have not been an actual hate crime," because right. that's what he's implying. So that was that was pretty bad. I have a little tact. Yeah, it was a little much. And then he tweeted. Well, first I found out that he tweeted this. So later in the day, because I only caught up to him later in the day, he tweeted, and tell me if this is not weird. He just simply tweeted, Ich bin ein Jude. Ich bin ein Jude. Which means I am a Jew. And remember, Kennedy made that speech, I think in Berlin. I am a jelly jelly donut. Yeah, whatever. He said, Ich bin ein Berliner. Ich bin ein Berliner, whatever. Why would you choose German? And that's a weird choice. That's a weird choice. Yeah, it is. If you're already, especially if you're already under scrutiny for being a white nationalist and you just tweeted that other thing, so then it's like, whoa, man, like, this is pretty inflammatory, incendiary shit. Yeah. And I called him on it, and he blocked me, which I take as a sign of, you know, that I'm doing good right. in the world. If I yeah. get blocked, I'm making a difference. Yeah, you made him. I'm blocked by Eric Trump, too. Wow, you you you're going after. Him. I think for a simple joke, he didn't like it. He didn't like the joke. It was a joke that implied that he was a vampire, because he looks like a vampire. <laughs> I mean, he looks like a vampire. And he blocked you. And he blocked me. Yeah. I bet he got that all through high school. Yeah, he probably probably the you know, vampire. Uh, yeah. Vampire Eric. It's hard to say vampire. It doesn't roll off the tongue. Hey, no. there's vampire Eric. No. Jesus Christ. Jack Draculeric? I I that was stupid. I think Hello, I think you're Draculeric. Super, I'm Draculeric. Hi, I'm Draculeric. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. I'm pretty sure that um we're gonna find out that 
the his hair, his toupee is this alien symbiote with teeth that is controlling him. Yeah. And his children are offspring, half something else, you know. And I think you know you may not be far off with the whole vampire thing, man. That's why I blocked. It's, it's pretty wild, man. Maybe yeah, maybe he blocked me because they're starting to figure out. I know that they're a legion of vampires. Yeah, you seen they live. They're a legion. Yeah, they're a legion of vampires. No, look, I don't. Here's the thing. I think they're frail men, as I think all men are. And until we recognize our own frailty as a species, people don't. And I'm not. There's no reason to be afraid. You're recognizing the frailty. That's what people don't. realize. So I don't want to think about the frailty. Well, you're already acting out of fear about the frailty of your life. And you know, you should you should think about it. You should think about your frailty. You know, like remember we're not perfect and we get less perfect through life. And I think if that if people did that in life, I sound like Jaden Smith now, but if people did that, there wouldn't be all this anger in, in the world. There wouldn't be all this like hate, division you, we wouldn't have been able to have been stirred up as easily. Too many people were stirred up. Too many people of us are willful, willfully emotionally ignorant. And we can leave it at that. Boom. Or well, you end your show when you want to end your no, show. No, I, like, I, I, was, I was hoping you'd end but it that was, like that. Have you ever seen... Do you, have you ever watched... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do you ever watch YouTube videos like Oliver Reed? Go on YouTube and watch two guys, Oliver Reed. Yeah. This is my advice to you. Okay. Watch Oliver Reed Barbershop. Just, that's all you have to Google. Oliver Reed Barbershop. Okay. And it'll take you to other Oliver Reed videos. So Oliver Reed, you know who Oliver Reed is? He was a great, great, hilarious, incidentally hilarious character, actor, guy. Um, He didn't mean to be funny. But he was funny and br- and brilliant. And what happened was he was a drunk. He was a severe um, hellraiser, like you know, like they said about Richard Harris or the same thing. Like this guy, you know, he tied one on. Yeah. And he, in the '90s, in the early '90s, <laughs> he wanted to reinvent himself, so he recorded Wild Thing. <laughs> now, mind you, at this point, he's probably 50. Right, right. And he's recorded a drunken version of wow. what he's so into being the drunk. So he starts showing up, and he also, he befriends the world's best. He becomes the best friend and drinking chum of another renowned drunk who is, at the time, the world's greatest uh, a pool player, which they call Snooker. Right. So he became famous from that too. Like people were like, "Oh, look who that guy, that snooker player, hangs out." Because I guess pool is a televised sport in in England, and people take right. it a lot, you know, really seriously. And so they were like, "Oh, there's um, there's that guy, and he's always with Oliver Reed because Oliver Reed was famous, you know. Sure. But he was famous for being an actor. But at this point, he was a severe drunk, <laughs> and he decided to record this song and do a press tour. And he would show up everywhere fucking blitzed. So it's a blitzed, a blitzed, angry 50-year-old man whose grandfather, uh, um, who has an amazing name, and I'll forget the name, but he founded the Royal Academy of Dr- Dramatic Arc- Arts. So this guy speaks like this. He speaks so, so eloquently. He's, he's got perfect diction. Right. You know, like so Victorian and perfect. And he is a blithering drunk. And it's... And he's fucking awesome. He's a drunk, 
but he's an awesome, hilarious drunk. So go on YouTube. You you can look up Oliver Reed Drunk yeah. or Oliver Reed Barbershop because I think the Barbershop one is the best introduction piece and by far maybe the best one. He went, there was a show. <laughs> there was a show where a little French man, a show in England where a little French man would cut your hair yeah. and interview you at the same time. Oh. It was a little French guy who was a great hairstylist and he would cut your hair right. while interviewing you. Right. And the camera's behind them <laughs> in, looking into the mirror. Yeah. And that's the shot. And it's one shot. Yeah. And you better give him a good Oliver haircut. Reed is destroyed on the sh in the barber's oh chair my God. and he's getting his face and he's he, getting shaved i love it and the whole time there it is it's amazing well he Whoa. starts with a santa claus beard on for some strange reason oh my god but anyway oh, he's wow, blitzed that. that's a mustache that's his mustache and he's blitzed <laughs> he's in his eyes. he's wrecked he doesn't know where he is, is baba Get that out of my brain! <laughs> oh my god. It's He's amazing. And he goes on. He goes it goes on for like another 15 minutes. So he's a bit of an angry, belligerent, but hilarious drunk. And he there's one where he does an interview about his best friend. And he goes so poetic. Because <laughs> yeah. this is what I just did. Right. He goes into this poetic. What did you uh, just do? What do you mean? This is I ended your show for you. Oh, he thank did, you. He does this yes. drunk on right, tape. Right, right. He goes, and then he he becomes... goes. He says something very poetic, and that's why the man is a saint. Done. Dead serious.